This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. The Cortez Island Community Foundation just signed an MOU which opens the way for it to receive $100,000 in funding for Cortez Island charities and nonprofits. In today's interview, Mark Spevakov, Chair of the Cortez Island Community Foundation and Executive Director Manda Ofox Gillespie, explain how this will work. Interested community service organizations on Cortez will be able to submit applications to the Community Foundations of Canada online portal, which we will have a link to from our website. That'll be set up by January 6th to accept these applications, and that's till February 21st. The MOU is an agreement that's been signed between us as the Cortez Island Community Foundation and the Community Foundations of Canada. This is for being a member in good standing of the Community Foundations of Canada. At our request, we've been able to be included in what's called the Community Services Recovery Fund. This is a $400 million federal fund that is being distributed through three parent organizations, the Red Cross, the United Way, and the Community Foundations of Canada. Each channel has a different focus. Funds distributed through the Community Foundations of Canada channel are for investing in systems and processes. This will support one-time projects that invest in systems and processes involved in creating the internal workings of an organization's overall structure. We can only accept applications within our foundation's catchment area. So we are Cortez, that is all we can do. If something is off of Cortez, it doesn't fall into something that we can be involved with. There is a breakdown for other communities like Quadra, Campbell River. We have $100,000 of funds that will be allocated through us to get to these community service organizations. Right now, the minimum funding for those grants would be $10,000. We are trying to have some discussions to see if it might be possible to distribute some amounts that are a little smaller than that and cover some areas that we may not be able to cover, but we're not sure yet. Our specific job is to review all the applications through the assessment criteria lens that we have been provided. So I've got a breakdown on this, but basically this is touching on COVID stuff. So how COVID has affected or shaped these community service organizations is a project viable. Can it be implemented in the timeframe that this funding will be allocated? Does the organization have the capacity to provide the oversight on the project that they're applying for? Will this project help the community service organization adapt, modernize, or build resilience. So with that type of stuff, and of course, um, everything now through the Community Foundations of Canada is using an equity lens within the scope of all of its granting. Do these funds only go to organizations that were negatively impacted by COVID and not other organizations that need funding? When the funds hit specific communities directly, which is why they're working with Community Foundations of Canada. It allows us to be the boots on the ground people to say, this is where these funds really need to go to make the difference to the community to recover, not necessarily for that organization to recover. 
How will a community foundation choose the application to receive funding? The Cortez Island Community Foundation works with a volunteer jury of community members that help to assess the applications coming in. As every new organization, we are deeply involved in a process of how to make that jury process as transparent and effective as possible. We just finished two jury processes And there was quite a bit of overlap in those two juries. The first was in making recommendations for the grant and aid funding that the Strathcona Regional District does, first with NOBA and then with Mark Vanesh, the directors. We were asked to create an arm's length process that would make that decision making around who gets funding through that process as equitable and fair and transparent as possible. We asked a number of people from the community, some of who had done something similar before, to sit in on that process. Then we took some of those same people and invited a couple others for the gender equity process. So these include Christina and Aton Novak from our board. And then we have invited in other people. These are, by and large, people in our community who have relationships to the different nonprofits, are interested in the workings of the nonprofits, but aren't themselves going after the money, maybe don't work for the nonprofits even, but understand the community. The idea is to not just have the usual suspects. The newest jury members this year on the gender equity grants were Sadie Reed and Esther, who does the Tideline. These are two of our newest members. The idea is to have an intelligent understanding with a diversity of opinions about these grants. And we take them through an additional matrix. Staff presents different understanding of how prepared the different nonprofits are to fulfill what they're looking at. But then we also look at such questions as how essential is this service to our community? How essential is it at this time? How capable and appropriate is it for this organization who's applying to do this work at this time? What's the community impact of this? We also look at whether there's any other organization who might be appropriate to do this work or anyone else who might appropriately fund this work who has deeper pockets. What kind of controls or influence will the community foundation have over contracts after the funding is granted? I'm thinking in terms of stated objectives and reports or anything of that nature. Basically, our job is to be the local oversight for that program. There's an application process, and and if they are selected, then there's a follow-up process we'll just be working with the Lowe's local organizations to make sure that they're on top of where they're spending the money, how they're spending the money. We don't have the specifics of exactly what we're going to be told we have to follow up on, but we'll just stay on top of that. The only thing that I would add to that is that the Community Foundations of Canada organization, which is our parent organization, is really helping lead this process toward trust-based philanthropy. Because we're so new, we don't have a bunch of, let's say, old habits 
uh, we have been able to try to move towards that right away. Trust-based philanthropy means that we're not trying to create a bunch of extra paperwork or hurdles that make it very hard, particularly for small organizations, to be effective and to get things done. We're not out there to have craps that someone's going to do wrong. If someone has to change their project a little bit, trust-based philanthropy understands that nobody understands who they're serving as well as the nonprofits who are doing that serving. So our mission as the Cortez Island Community Foundation with these grants is to be there to help make sure they succeed. Nobody wants to take money back from small nonprofits, least of all us. So it's really about making sure everyone who touches this succeeds and serving the community. Is there a way that organizations or endeavors that are not nonprofits or charities can apply or partner to apply? First thing I would say is that traditionally, community foundations are only able to donate to charities or charitable organizations, which include things like municipalities, many First Nations organizations. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of organizations doing fantastic work on Cortez and other places that are not charities, but maybe are just nonprofits. So already (laughs) we're ahead of the game in our community because As a new community foundation, we have the most up-to-date purposes. And as we speak, the CRA has been changing their guidelines as to who community foundations can actually support. The recovery funds will be one of the first time that community foundations will be allowed to pass funds on to nonprofits, not just charities. If you are a person who is not a nonprofit or a charity, but you are running a grassroots organization that is meeting really important needs in the community, then we are going to hope that you will find a nonprofit or charitable partner, someone whose mission is within the realm of what you're doing. Maybe you're doing something that counts as ecological restoration or a social service or something that counts as education, what you'll need to do then is find a nonprofit or charitable partner who wants to take you on, make sure that this project is a success with you and will be the partner on record. The Community Foundations of Canada are really, really encouraging that community foundations like ours help support grassroots groups to find partnerships so that we can get money where it is most needed. And if someone is out there doing incredible work and is not sure of who an actual partner could be, we would encourage them to reach out to me or anyone else on our board to help them find an appropriate partner. How long do the recipients have to fulfill their contract? The funds are supposed to be distributed through 2023 and could go up until around summer 2024. It sounds like there's about a year to complete the programs that these funds will fund. You've been listening to Mark Spivaka and Amanda O'Fox-Gillespie from the Cortez Island Community Foundation describe that $100,000 grant they will be distributing among Cortez Island charities and nonprofits. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.